0: Welcome everyone to Run Girl Radio. I'm Holly Dickinson, founder of Excel Strength and Conditioning, where we coach and empower female runners just like you across the world, making you faster, more knowledgeable, and set for a lifetime of injury-free running. Each week, I will be bringing you impactful information, creative solutions, and juicy running tips to get you one stride closer to your highest running self knowing that when curious and strong women are equipped with on-topic information and innovative solutions, there is no stopping us. Consider me your personal running coach in your back pocket. So join me and get ready to bust down some barriers, laugh at some running real talk, and get excited and energized as we have some fun finding our way together through this wonderful world of running. Okay, I am so excited to share this podcast and this knowledge with everybody on the episode that's tuning in today because I have gone over this with all of our digital athletes very recently um, because I'm noticing, oof, we're starting to get tired after those, you know, New Year's resolutions have happened. We are diving into our routines, but now we're maintaining them. Are they realistic? Are we hitting some burnout with... You know the really realistic expectation of what our life is looking like on top of all of our fitness goals on top of our family on top of our responsibilities so today i'm going to give you a really huge toolkit and probably my favorite thing to analyze regarding data um, that you can be looking at that is super simple, and you just need to understand what it is so that you can use it and implement it and teach your family members, teach your friends. um, Because the more of us that are getting through um, a healthy lifestyle along with our running, along with our strength training for running, and our lives in general, um, without burnout and without these moments of like sickness or we've put ourselves back a few steps and have to recover and like refresh everything, the better. Right? Am I right? (laughs) Okay, so today, drum roll please, we are going to be talking about heart rate variability. Heart rate variability. Have you ever heard of it? You've probably heard of tracking your heart rate. It is not that. It is something... Slightly different. It's recorded in a different way, um, and it means something different also. So, heart rate variability—heart rate variability, excuse me—is um, the amount of time between your heartbeats. Okay, um, HRV is usually a shortened version of that. So, you might see that on your smart devices too. Um, it can give an insight into your overall health and overall stress and fitness levels um, in that moment, okay? So it's a really nice way of kind of just finding out, doing a little, basically a little pulse check on how are we doing? Are we feeling stressed? Are we feeling like we're pushing too hard? Do do we feel like we're fully recovered or do we feel like we're in that sweet spot to keep going? Um, This is your regulator, you guys. This is the number that you can look at to make sure that you are recovering from the stress that you're putting on your body so that you're able to move forwards and progress. So this is huge. This is huge because so many of our clients run ultras. They run long, long distances. also are getting into running a lot of our clients too. So this is so interesting to watch data change and morph as we get into those longer runs or as we're starting to run the first long run that we've done probably in years. So it's really great, great data for us to pull off of and implement. So we're gonna break it down and build it up so that you guys have a really great understanding of what heart rate variability is how the autonomic nervous system works, because it's very important to know where these numbers are even coming from. So again, we have control over those numbers and know what it is in our life that we're doing to create a more stressful or less stressful environment for the readings to happen. Um, then we're going to dive into, okay, what are the numbers for our age group, for our specific kind of bracket if you are um, say 60 years old and listening to this or if you're 22 years old and listening to this and a runner the numbers will be different but this will apply to everyone okay then we're gonna dive into okay how can we use this as a guide for our decision-making how can we use this to plan a course of action to keep us within our good heart rate variability range and and from there We're gonna wrap it up and I wanna hear everything that you guys learned from this episode. So let's start from the top. Let's define what things are stressful to you. What may be stressful to you, to your body, to your mind? Make a little list. If you want, you can pause this. If you're journaling with this, feel free to sketch down a bunch of ideas. Or if you're listening to this in the car with someone else or just on your own, say it out loud. What are some stressors that we experience as humans in life? Oh man, there are a lot. There are a lot of very specific ones you're probably thinking. Maybe Sally at work is a little bit of a stressor. I'm talking a bit more generic. So deadlines, right? Deadlines or having some sort of um, pushed structure at work can be quite stressful, Um, a good kind of stress, but still a bit stressful. Family, we love them, but also if we have six kids, that can get a bit stressful or hectic. Same with pets. Um, Relationships can be a good challenge just having a lot on our plate as well. Okay. So big ones for most people are work and relationships are our biggest stressors. We'll talk a bit more. I want us to circle back in after I've educated you through the next little portion here, which is kind of what the autonomic nervous system does and means. um, And then we'll go through what a stressor list is after that. Okay. So heart rate variability. Let's talk about it for a second, because this number pulls from something very specific, and the heart rate variability is controlled by your nervous system, um, which regulates many important systems in your body, right? Like your heart, your digestive system, your blood pressure. Um, It's basically uh, controlled by your autonomic nervous system, your ANS, which you can look up online, but basically I want you to, a nice way to think about the autonomic nervous system is it's automatic. So it's everything that you don't have to think about actively. So I don't have to think about my breathing right now. I just breathe naturally, okay? Um, I don't have to think about digesting my breakfast this morning, I'm doing that naturally. Same with bowel movements, bladder movements, our kidneys are functioning, our liver. So it's all of our organs. So autonomic is like an automatic system is how I like to think of that. So it's the involuntary part of our nervous system. Um, Now, there are two branches of the autonomic nervous system, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. And you've probably heard of these two, but maybe you're confused on what they are. Maybe you're like, I know what they are. (laughs) That's awesome. Let's reconfirm that. So the sympathetic branch of your ANS is active when you are under some kind of stress. So it's the part of your autonomic nervous system that pulls all systems to alert. Okay, you can think of this being um your system response to stress responses or kicks you into fight or flight mode all right so your, your heart rate your blood pressure everything will go up um that's usually what happens within our body is that blood is drawn away from the major organs um well not all the major organs but like digestive because we don't need that right now we're dealing with this stress and we go into really focusing on our our muscles and everything that we have that is going to be necessary for us to get out of this trouble or out of this stress is turned on. So that's the sympathetic. I always like to think sympathetic is, oh, this is how I'm feeling (laughs) Um, or that's how they're feeling. You know, it's that kind of uh, emotive kind of part of it. So when someone's feeling a certain way, usually they're feeling maybe really stressed. So I like to think of the sympathetic in that way. Um, Again, we sometimes have to correlate what we're learning with um, a little picture in our mind or word association. So that's what I think of when I think of sympathetic. By contrast... The parasympathetic branch, which is the, the second branch of the autonomic nervous system, is the more relaxed part that just hums along when you are feeling good. When you're reading your book in the evening, when you're chopping and cooking you know, dinner in the evening, that's, it's just, everything's just in flow. Um, when the sympathetic branch is more active, so remember the sympathetic branch is the more stressed part, your heart rate typically increases and it beats in a more regular rhythm meaning heart rate variability decreases. So when you are in that sympathetic, stressed position where it's kind of flight or fight, our heart rate increases and our heart rate itself is in more of a regular rhythm. And that means heart rate variability decreases. Now, I haven't explained what heart rate variability means, but variability, as we know it as a word, means variation, so difference the big difference in your heart rate in this case. So heart rate variability is low (laughs) when we are in that fight or flight stage, which is kind of a weird thing mentally to get around. It's kind of the opposite of what you'd expect, that if you're stressed, it would be high and heightened, because normally we associate that with um, stress. But in this case, this is what um, your heart rate variability number would be. So again, opposite from what heart rate would be in a stressed position because your heart rate would increase, but your heart rate, heart rate variability is actually lower. Does this make sense? Are we good? We're all following along? Hopefully this is, is making some sense and it's, it's feeling good to, to understand the why behind these numbers, because I think it's so important for you guys so that again, when we get to this episode, end of this episode, you'll understand what you can change because of this. Okay, opposed to the systematic alert increase in your heart rate, When the parasympathetic branch is more active, your heart rate decreases. So remember, the parasympathetic is when you're laying on the couch in the evening reading your book and your digestive system's working great, everything's in a nice hum, Um, the heart rate variability will increase because your heart rate is actually very slow. And think about it like when you're reading that book on the couch, your heart rate only has to go as much as your body needs it to you only need so much blood pumping around your body to just maintain that very relaxed state you're in which actually will mean that your heart rate is not very regular it's not on a very strict schedule as when you're in that sympathetic or stressed branch we like to call it um when you're in that state of heightened alertness your heart rate you've got to depend on that it better be beaten every you know, however fast you need it to, if you're running from the tiger, um, then it does when you are sitting on the couch. So your parasympathetic, your relaxed state is when your heart rate is low and your heart rate variability is high, okay? The heartbeats will vary quite a bit based on you reaching over for your tea mug and taking a sip and then laying back down and just reading for another three minutes before you stand back up and go and grab a little snack and go back. Right? So are we starting to see the trend here and that difference of high versus low heart rate variability based on what the heart rate is probably doing and what the body and the systems are having to do? Good. Okay. Awesome. So because of these characteristics, Heart rate variability is a great indicator of the balance between the activity of these two branches of the autonomic nervous system, okay? So all in all, heart rate variability is an indirect measurement of stress. Would we agree? So taking that into account, what those two branches we've just talked about, running from the tiger versus laying on the couch, it's a really good indicator to look at heart rate variability as being this blanket term for measuring stress in your whole life, okay? Being a higher heart rate variability means lower stress and a low heart rate variability means high stress. Beautiful, look at that, we're learning biology, we're learning, and that's mean, well, more physiology, I guess, um, with how the systems all work together. Now, you probably know that lowering stress is important for your health, but what the heck does it have to do with running? or exercising in our case, right? Racing, competing, this is why we're on this podcast. We're listening so that we can enhance our performance or our well-being regarding running and enjoying it and feeling good. I want you guys to feel good. It has a lot, right? Um, This number has a lot to do with it. And recovery has a lot to do with the importance of our health because your overall fitness routine and your heart rate variability will depend on how much you are loading onto yourself. Okay, it's a, he- it's a really helpful metric to telling you if your body is fully recovered, so not in a stress or a sympathetic state, so that you can actually train again or have effective training scheduled out in your weeks based on kind of what everything inputting wise is happening within your body. So in order to measure heart rate variability, what do you think you need? <laughs> you need some sort of heart rate monitor, okay, that you can wear consistently and um, that you can have an accurate measure and pattern and see what our heart rate is doing, okay, and more so see what that heart rate variability is doing and most smart watches now will have this ability to take this data in. Um, some of the most popular devices that incorpor- incorporate heart rate variability tracking specifically is Apple Watch and you can find it through the Health app if you go to health on your phone you'll you'll find that data um garmin they have their own um garmin app you can look in there and heart rate variabilities in that interestingly garmin actually creates more data with your data <laughs> so you can understand it better it kind of makes everything more layman language so that we can use the data versus just having coaches like me that really know what the numbers do mean so that we can tell you what to do anyway they have their own calculations of other things that they actually use heart rate variability in. So if you are a Garmin user, you'll probably know, be, be like cognizant of the body battery and knowing what your body battery is at when you wake up in the morning, um, your lactate threshold, your stress score, those are three things that they use heart rate variability as a calculation as part of as well for their own kind of statistics to tell you what's going on. All other smartwatches will also have heart rate variability mostly accessed. Um, The only difference would be sometimes chest straps, if you're just using a chest strap heart rate monitor, they might not do the heart rate variability. You just gotta check on that. Um, But you can take a little deep dive into your technology if you have something. Fitbits, I'm pretty sure they do it too. Um, There's other really interesting things on the market too. If you haven't heard of the Whoop band, W-H-O-O-P, Whoop Band, they're kind of like a um, wrist wearable that doesn't have a clock or doesn't have a face um, for you to use an interface with. It just tracks your data and sends it to your phone and the Whoop um, app kind of helps you, again, navigate through all the data and fluff out the other stuff so that you can just kind of focus on what is important to you and help you understand your data. The same with Aura Ring, so if you don't like watches on your wrists, there are actually rings you can get now that are like a smart ring um, that you wear on, I think it's your thumb or your first finger for the most accurate data. And yeah, and it it will track all this same thing. You can't read a watch from your ring, but you can look on your phone and see all the metrics and data there too. Um, More importantly, just what we're looking at today, which is heart rate variability. Um, so a huge next piece to this is I know a lot of my runners um, where they're watched throughout their day. And that's something that I kind of coach them to do. I know a lot of us when we have smartwatches on our wrist, we get distracted and we hate notifications. And again, sometimes this can throw us right into that sympathetic path of looking and stressing out that we're getting notified. So if that is a big factor for you, um, there are some tips that I like to tell everyone is like turn off notifications, like only have certain things coming in to your wrist that you would like to see. Um, So if if that is just the only thing that's notifying you is a drinking water reminder twice a day, love it. You don't have to use your watch for anything more than it just collecting data. Um, And that's that's a great way to do it too because it usually makes them more cost effective when you're picking your watch too. (laughs) But yeah, the watches these days can do a lot of stuff. So I understand that it's overwhelming, but wearing your active watch or your ring whatever it is that you're wearing wearing it for the majority of your day and if you can even when you sleep um, the more data that you can get of your heart rate variability again heart rate variability is not just when you're working out it's actually more important to see the numbers when you're not working out because usually it's only a couple hours a day we're spending doing the movement that's purposeful um, so we're not getting enough data of other stressors at work, in life, when you're driving, all this other stuff. So if you can try and wear the active watch as much as you can in your day, it'll get that data. So that again, this is another tool for you guys. I just want you to optimize your ability to be able to track and monitor and change and kind of have this as a literally taking a pulse check on your life so that you can pivot and push more on the gas if you need to regarding training and life in general or know when, hey, I need a rest day and you know what, it's probably not good for me to do a really intense something right now or add more stress into my life. Um, Yeah, so I hope that makes sense. Um, And now I want us to kind of dive into that a little bit more. What does working out running, interval training, you name it, stair runs, whatever it might be for your fitness, what does that perceived by, by the body? Well, if we are talking about the sympathetic nervous system, we know that when we're in that fight or flight mode, our heart rate, our blood pressure increases, we get that whole kind of stress response happen. That actually happens when we work out, you guys. Because why? We work out so that we can build resilience to the stress, which is, the activity or the exercise or the run. It's a healthy way of getting stress and building that tolerance. And that's kind of why we progress our programming all the way through. We undulate it so that you have weeks where you are deloading so that you can load more back on um, and gain that improvement based on that. We shouldn't just be lifting 12 reps, two sets of all exercises always. You gotta morph it. You gotta have weeks where you're pushing it and you're focusing on different phases. And the same with our running and volume in general. So I want you to put the hat on of, okay, what else could stress mean? We went through this in the beginning. I want us to come back to it. And I want to add in eustress. Now, have you ever heard of eustress before? No? Maybe yes? So de-stress, we know what that is, right? When someone died, when things bad are happening, when we are... You know, natural disasters like the ones that are happening around the world right now; those are distress. Um, we have stress in our lives that can be deemed as de-stress. De-stress sounds very traumatic, but it, but it is. We we have all these different stresses in our lives. U-stress. I want you to think of it as kind of a positive stress. There are stresses that we choose to step towards. Um, so exercise is you u-stress, like we just mentioned. It puts us in that state of uh, higher heart rate, higher blood pressure, etc. Um, We get excited, we feel confident in our ability to do the thing and cope with that certain situation and we build that resilience, but there's still that chemical response with these exciting events. So we still need to include those in our daily stress bucket. If we were to put everything in a bucket, de-stress and eustress, eustress is still in there and still filling up to our capacity. So what other things can be eustress but still a stress in our life? Exercising. What else? Weddings, if you're the bride or the groom or someone really important, you know, weddings are stressful. They're a good kind of stress though. They're a good reason to be um, happy but stressed <laughs> or or overworked or a little bit tired or, you know, we're really pushing to make the event amazing. Um, exams, again, we choose to step towards those. We're trying to grow ourselves. We're trying to learn new things. Um, other ones that are kind of funny, what is it? Oh, yes, scary movies. <laughs> We watch them. We have that physiological response. Um, and that's a form of stress. Um, buying a house. Networking. If you're out in the business world, that's a bit of a eustress. Um, parties as well. Like meeting more people. Especially post-COVID. You know, we've, we've not seen people for a long time. Now, you probably remember the first like month or two of socializing in groups again. Oh, everyone was tired by 9 p.m. We all had to go home and get into bed. So... Again, these things are all good stress, but challenging stress. First dates are included in that. Just think of anything that you can. Those are all the good stresses. Now, let's change lanes a little bit and then we'll kind of recap for our generic kind of conclusion to this (laughs) this podcast episode. And well done for bearing with me. You guys are learning things, okay? Um, So reminder, heart rate variability is not your heart rate measurement it's a separate measure that it's taking account the milliseconds between your heartbeats, okay? And again, when your heart rate variability is high, your stress is low. And when your heart rate variability is low, your stress is high. Now, what is your heart rate variability, you might be asking. You might be like, well, what's what's mine? How stressed am I? Um, and what are my ranges, kind of thing. But this is data actually from the WHOOP um, Whoop graphs. And there are age predicted graphs that you can just Google and look up what yours is. But if you have a wearable, it will know what your age, your gender, your height, all that jazz anyway. Um, so it'll be able to tell you what, if you're in your range, your healthy range. And more importantly, what the top end is and what the bottom end is. So that you know when you are peaking at your high stress moments and when you are actually feeling good and you're in that rest and relaxed, no stress (laughs) in your life range. So now if we look at this data, and this was released by WHOOP um, members, kind of the average for their individuals, Um, for people that are 25 years old, it was 78 milliseconds was their heart rate variability averagely, for 35 year olds, it's 60, for 45 year olds, it's 48, and for 55 year olds, it was 44. Um, okay so as you as you age your heart rate variability goes lower okay and again that's average so you'll you'll have your wiggle room within that number being in the middle okay now what your watch will tell you a good heart rate variability is a sign that your nervous system can adapt well to various situations which is good when it comes to handling stress and balancing overall health now average heart rate variabilities vary by age, but it also varies by individual. So it's best to track your own patterns and note any changes over time rather than comparing yourself to others, okay? So the more time, again, like I said, more time you have that watch on your wrist and you're seeing these changes happen over time, you can reflect back on these numbers and know, whoo, I had a really rough week, It was I was tired, um, and that's what my numbers were at that time. So guess where we're going to go from here, you guys. How are we going to use it? How are we going to use heart rate variability to our advantage? It can be a guider for our decisions. Okay. This is like getting a performance review, but for your health, (laughs) um, it's feedback and any feedback is good feedback. Okay. Like I just mentioned, heart rate variability over time can be a great indicator for you to know when you have had moments of burnout. Or when you were sick and look at that data look at those data points and know exactly how low your heart rate variability was in those moments because that can give us feedback to know when we are heading and trending in that direction and nip it in the bud and change some things within our lifestyle or our choices or our dedications for that week so that we are not burning 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 the candle at both ends <laughs> okay um this for example, can be a big one for a lot of individuals. They have a stressful day at work, they go to the gym, that's stress on top of stress, and then they go home and they have that glass of wine and they go to bed really late, okay? Now, that is stress from work, stress, good stress from the gym if they were able to make it and maybe it was high intensity that's even more stressful for our body versus a mobility session. Um, Then they go home and they have wine Alcohol can also be a a stressor for the body and take more time to recover from. And then late night. So we had poor sleep or shorter sleep or less of those valuable hours of sleep, which happened before midnight. Um, And their heart rate variability just kept going down. They did this maybe for a couple days. So I want you to think of the other things that can be of a stressor for you within your schedule and within your lifespan and your life days. (laughs) Um... And look ahead. If you look at those numbers maybe once a week and go, ooh, okay, they were really low on Wednesday. Interesting, that was after I went for a really long run and you know what, that was actually my really long work day. Maybe I could work from home that day and maybe I can save my long run for the following day. Um, Or maybe I can pair two hard things on separate days with other things so we can branch branch a little bit more of a gap or space between the, the more challenging stressors in our life so that we can endure them and we can still grow and be progressing. This is something I talk about with my clients every other week are what went well, what didn't go so great and how can we make it different? I want for you to start asking these same questions and choosing the plan going forwards so that you can take care of your body and be getting the benefit from the hard work that you're putting in, okay? I hope you have an awesome week. I want to hear everything about what you've learned from today's session on this podcast episode and share it, share it with people that you love. Share it around the dinner table tonight. Share it with those that you run with in your run club, or maybe you're getting coaching at a gym. Bring this up. Take a little action and let me know how you implement this. I can't wait to see you guys thrive, and I will be right back here giving you more education next week on Run Girl Radio. Have an awesome day, everyone.
1: It's happening daily.